First Chronicle, starting in chapter 22. The Lord's led me to this chapter a couple times recently, including this morning. Um, the Lord is very serious about building his temple in our day. The first verse starts out with the house of the Lord, which is the temple, and the altar for the burnt offerings, which means the sacrifice. He's looking for people willing to sacrifice themselves in order to become his temple, where his glory reigns supreme so that all the world can see it. And that he has a people that are able to teach his wisdom, his love, and, and just radiate his glory. So David gathers all the materials and leaves them for his son, who he says is inexperienced, um, and leaves it for Solomon to take over the task of building the temple. So, I mean, this is what my recent writing was about, was this passing of the torch, and... Um, a new generation, the multiplication of the family of God. So David instructs Solomon and he blesses him. And he also, you know, prays that he has discernment and wisdom in order to keep to the statutes and ordinances, which God gave Moses. And of course, that's where we know Solomon's going to fail. But I mean, he, he's going to build the temple first. But, but that's what's required is keeping to the ways of the Lord. It's funny because um, obviously... In a way, Solomon was a type of Jesus. Well, I mean, David's obviously a type of Jesus. Solomon's a type of Jesus in that he's the son of David meant to actually build the temple. But in this case, we're, um, the, what's you know on my mind right now is David being a type of Jesus, preparing the kingdom, get, providing everything, because we couldn't have done what Jesus did. So he provided everything everything we need in order to build a glorious temple to be a glorious temple um all we have to do is continue to do it to to walk in the ways of the lord to follow him to die to the world and live for him um solomon was given the opportunity but but failed in, in our day he's raising up many sons to follow after jesus and of course it's it's up to us to to not fail to die to the world and live for him and what is the end benefit of that? It is so that the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of the Lord and the holy vessels of God, all the gifts, wisdom, um, love, uh, truth of God, come into the house, come into us. I mean, what an awesome thing. That is on offer to us. If we but give everything we are to him. We have to empty ourselves out so that we can be filled with these things. And then we build ourselves up in the name of the Lord. And then we move on to chapter 23. Now when Solomon becomes king, all the priests and Levites are gathered. So you have this kingship and this priesthood. The, the, the two sort of sides of the order of Melchizedek. Um, here... They're not in the order of Melchizedek yet, so that both sides are, are represented in different people. Um, but these both represent the the dual nature of the work of the full maturity of sonship in Christ. And then they go through and they start, this chapter is mostly naming all the different Levites. The one thing that stood out to me was Aaron's sons are blessed. So Aaron becomes the high priest and then his sons become the priesthood. Moses' sons, which obviously Moses was, you know, he was the one called by God. Aaron came along for the ride because Moses wanted him. Um, but then Moses 
his sons don't get the same kind of blessing and inheritance as Aaron's. They they just become regular Levites. And it's, I don't know, it just reminds me a little bit of Jesus, how Jesus has a great spiritual family, but he didn't have natural kids. In the same way, Moses, I mean, he did have natural kids, but it's not his kids didn't have the spiritual inheritance. It's like all the sons of Israel were his kids. And as a matter of fact, he did save them all from death. So in a way, they were his kids. And the last part is David um, kind of setting in order the fact that the Levites are no longer going to need to carry utensils because there will be a temple. They're, they're not going to be moving through the wilderness like they were. And so he's basically saying now the Levites will serve the priesthood so that they're, everything's continually taken care of. The priests are taken care of. All the offerings, all the, everything that needs to be done in order to worship the Lord is taken care of by these Levites. And then we move on to chapter 24. Let me back up for a minute. It just, just occurred to me um, that in a way this, this picture is a picture of uh, in Acts after you know Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit. Um, and then the, the uh, Greeks and the Jews' widows are maybe not tr- being treated uh, fairly, or at least the Greeks aren't. And so there's complaining going on. And so I, I think it's Peter that stands up and says, um, okay, we can't, we can't be serving tables here. So why don't we put together seven um, people filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom and they can be in charge of these matters. And so you had the kind of the inner circle, which was the uh, 12 disciples or apostles. And then you had these... Um, are they called deacons? These these others that were um, uh, kind of a, a next circle, and so that's kind of like what these Levites become. To the um, the numbers don't work out, but it's kind of like what these uh, Levites become to the um, priesthood here. And then the rest of the chapter, it just begins to list out all the um, different. Uh, generations of priests and Levites and um, how, how they cast lots for duties etc and then we're on to chapter 25 and this chapter goes over the names of all the musicians um, again these are all Levites all the different families and, and individuals that make up the families playing the lyres harps and cymbals and all the different worshiping and prophesying and the numbers of them, and the casting of lots to determine things, etc. And that's it for this uh, version, or this uh, set of chapters. God bless you.